Hello, Rebels. You're listening to a free audio version of my show, Rebel Roundup, where we cover the hottest Rebel stories of the week. Today, my guests are Jessica Swetnowski and Sheila Gunn-Reed. If you like the podcast, then you should become a premium content subscriber. That gets you access to the video version of my show, as well as shows from Ezra Levent and Sheila Gunn-Reed. It's only $8 a month to subscribe, and as a special bonus for you, we're offering a 10% discount if you use the coupon code PODCAST. Just go to therebel.media slash shows to become a member. Thanks for listening, and now enjoy the show. Welcome to Rebel Roundup, ladies and gentlemen, and the rest of you, in which we look back at some of the very best commentaries of the week by your favorite Rebels. I'm your host, David Menzies. Well, Jessica Swantonowski will drop by to weigh in on her most recent mission, namely visiting Richmond Hill, the site of a Liberal fundraiser earlier this week, to deliver the message via Jumbotron-equipped truck that Justin Trudeau is a fake feminist. Hey, somebody had to do it. And speaking of virtue signaling Justin, Sheila Gunn-Reed will detail what the cost has been to date in terms of accommodating all those irregulars who flooded into our dominion thanks to that irresponsible welcome to Canada tweet. And finally, letters. We get your letters. We get your letters every minute of every day. And I'll share some of your responses regarding how the Trudeau Liberals continue to both apologize and whitewash history. The latest example, rebranding a federal government building in Vancouver. Apparently, the conservative it was named after is no longer politically correct. Those are your rebels. Now let's round them up. We're going around Richmond Hill today to warn everybody and spread the word that Justin Trudeau is a fake feminist. He uses the label to virtue signal and pander to women to get their votes. Sheila laid it all out for us, laid out all the facts in one of her videos, but today we are taking those uncomfortable images out on the street. If you like these billboards as much as I do, you can help us by donating at fakefeminist.com. Yes, yeah. we are. Can I ask you a question? Do you think Justin Trudeau is a feminist? Um, I'm actually okay, thank you. Okay, thanks. Do you think Justin Trudeau is a feminist? Yes. Yes? So, do you think Justin Trudeau is a feminist? Yes. And as a feminist, should we believe all women? Yes, I believe. And so, should we believe Rose Knight when she said that Justin Trudeau assaulted her? Uh, no comment, I don't know. Thank you. Do you think he's a feminist? I'm not really sure. Do you think Justin Trudeau is a feminist? Uh, yes. And as a feminist, do you believe in Ro when Rose Knight said that Justin Trudeau sexually assaulted her? Do you believe that? No, absolutely no. So you don't believe her? Excuse me, can I ask, do you guys think Justin Trudeau is a feminist? Do you think he's a feminist? Didn't think so. You know, watching the sheeple who continue to worship Justin Trudeau, the Hogan's Heroes character, Sergeant Schultz, comes to mind. In other words, when you ask them to articulate their opinions on our virtue signaling prime minister, you are met with a steady commentary of, 
I know nothing. I saw nothing. I'd cue the laugh track here, folks, but there's really nothing to laugh about. It's sad, really. And with more on our latest caper, namely advertising via Jumbotron equipped truck, that Justin Trudeau is truly a fake feminist, is our very own Jessica Swentonowski. Welcome to Rebel Roundup, Jessica. Yeah, thank you. So tell me, you were in my hood, Richmond Hill, Ontario, mm -hmm. yesterday. Um, how did it go? What was the reaction you were getting? Um, it was a little rainy last night, so I think people were trying to get into the event as soon as possible. <laughs> and of course, when they see a reporter outside any liberal event, I think they're a little wary about it. Right. Um, but of course, you know, I tried to talk to liberal attendees at the donor dinner. Yeah. Um, some of them gave me a quick second, but as soon as I asked my question, which was, do you think Trudeau is a feminist? they, you know, <laughs> backed away or they would quickly just yell out yes and then run inside. You know, that's the thing, Jessica. Um, by far, the most prevalent answer was yes. And then when you justifiably tried to get them to justify why he's a feminist um, and then brought up some specific examples of him not really being a feminist, but of him, well, in the case of Rose Knight, of course, uh, groping her and molesting her against her will suddenly um oh you know what i got a bus to catch yeah. right? and I, I mean it's it's the cowardice that you captured that I, I i found fascinating that they say the politically correct correct thing which is yes but they can't articulate why he's a feminist yeah exactly and even they they know i have a follow-up question so sometimes they didn't even give me a chance to get another word in they really just bolt to the door to get away from a camera and a mic yeah. because they themselves don't really know why he's a feminist. We, we, they just know that because that's what he says yes. he is. Yes. <laughs> and yeah, and exactly, you'll see in the video, uh, there's a couple moments where they get really stumped on the Rose Knight situation. Yes. Especially as a feminist, we're told to believe all women. Mm. But then when it's one woman that's saying something against their narrative, then we shouldn't believe her. So. You know, and, and that is incredible. Um, and, and also, it's not just the Rose Knight. It, it, it's also uh, Jane Philpott. It's uh, Jody Wilson-Raybould. Um, what I'm getting at, it, it's not a matter of um, him being handsy to, say, a young female reporter, but him just having uh, a profound difficulty with powerful woman, opinionated woman, smart woman. Uh, you would think a man who declares himself a feminist would like to see all those attributes uh, in encompassed in a woman, but he has a profound problem with it. Yeah, he, um, yeah, the whole idea that he wants to have all these strong women around him, but as soon as they are, they do stand up. And whether in the Jody Wilson-Raybould, that situation, when she did stand her ground and she didn't bend to the knee, yeah. that's when we saw the real side of him, which is not a feminist side. It's my way or the highway. Right. You should, um, you should be thankful that I put you in this situation, yes. in this position you're in now. How dare you go again? Like, it, he switches very quickly. Well, you know, and, and I found that was a double whammy, of course, Jessica, because not only is Jody Wilson-Raybould a, a woman, but she's also native. And, mm -hmm. and of course, Justin Trudeau dines out on giving apologies to natives, um, so much so that w one of the ultimate ones was an apology to natives. Uh, it was something that happened 
prior to 1867, in other words, before Canada was Canada. And um, that brings about, you know, this theme, it's an ongoing theme, I think it is, uh, Jessica, where he will apologize to any special interest group that was hard done by somebody long, long time ago. But when it comes to his own odious behavior in the here and now, has he ever said sorry? Well, we remember that um, that video of him elbowing somebody in Parliament. He elbowed yes. the woman in Parliament. Yes. And then, and especially uh, Rose Knight always comes to mind in this because his, his response to the allegations were she experienced it differently. <laughs> like what? <laughs> Yeah, if you're groping a woman, she's going to experience it differently from your end if you're the one groping. Oh, it, it, indeed. And uh, I remember coming across, um, it was a Chatelaine article where they were um, uh, interviewing all the, um, the, the heads of the, the parties, the political parties. And when it came to that little thorny question they threw in for Justin Trudeau, what I found astonishing is that he said words to the effect, I'm just paraphrasing now, that that incident was a learning experience for us, he used the pronouns, pronoun us, not me, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And I thought, the chutzpah, the audacity, that you're the one that did this on your own accord, and yet this is something we need to learn a lesson from? Yeah, it's quite childish, yeah. isn't it, to point, the, like even everyone's pointing the blame at him, and he's just trying to spin that around and point at all of us, to, for us to be inclusive and for it to be a learning experience for everyone except for him that he's the one that actually did those things. I, it, it's amazing. And Jessica, i got to ask you something, uh, simply because you are female. Um, you know, I would never describe myself as a feminist. I believe men and women are equal, 100%, and we're different. And those differences should be celebrated. They shouldn't be whitewashed and homogenized, which is something the left seems to like to do. Um, but I, I guess where I'm going with this is, the men that I see declaring themselves to be feminists, Justin Trudeau, uh, Dion Buse, who assaulted uh, our colleague Sheila Gunn-Reed at a women's rally, uh, no less. Um, Jordan Hunt, the guy that goes around kicking women at um, uh, pro-life rallies. These are all self-declared feminists, and where's the feminism? They seem to be anti-female. What's your take when you hear a man declare himself to be a feminist? <laughs> What's my take? Um, well, first of all, it might be a little like an unpopular opinion, but we're in 2019. We're living in Canada. I don't think feminism is a, that important. I don't think we need feminism as much as it's being pushed by the mainstream media and, the, you know, and Justin Trudeau and all these people. Like, like why they're why they're pushing and when they try when they label themselves as a feminist a male feminist that's just pandering to me that's just trying to be an ally and it's just like a, I think I think it's manipulative and it's sneaky and I think they have an ulterior motive mm. to it I don't I I don't think I've ever met some a man that really believes he's a feminist and doesn't talk about it. As soon as you start talking about it publicly and labeling yourself as that and like pushing it and making it the forefront, then it's like, why are you pushing this so much? If you're a feminist or if you believe in equal rights and all that, then that's good. That's your own ideology. That's great. And then, you know, live your life based on that. But when you keep repeating it, repeating it, repeat it, there's an 
ulterior motive there. I, I, I think you're 100% right. My spidey sense starts to tingle when I hear that. And like I said, a man doesn't have to be a feminist to support equal rights mm -hmm. for, for, for all. Uh, one last question, uh, Jessica. You know, I, I, I adore these trucks with the jumbotron. Um, I know you're driving it around the area. Um, aside from the people at the um, uh, liberal fundraiser who probably looked upon you as the proverbial skunk to the garden <laughs> party, uh, what, what kind of responses were you getting to the people on the street observing those messages? It's honest, it's so much fun looking <laughs> at people's reactions. Like, er, like, you can't ignore it. It's a huge billboard truck with yeah. bright, colorful lights, and it looks interesting when you pass by, you want to look at it. And uh, we were playing uh, Rolling Stones music, Under Your Thumb, <laughs> which was I Wish is a great song, too. So it was like, it was just a good time for me, at least. Um, but yeah, it's so entertaining watching people's heads turn. Yeah. And, you know, of course, there's laughter and there's like a little bit of shock and people stop and take pictures and videos of it. And it's entertaining, but it also it starts the conversation. Yes. You know, somebody takes a picture of it, puts it online, shares it. And it just it starts a conversation, and I think it's a it's a great conversation starter. It's a great way to spread a message, and yes. like I said, it's a fun, entertaining way. But also, you can't ignore it. A any hostile responses? You know, raise uh, middle fingers, anything like no, that? No, no, no. That's good. Yeah, it was, good. It was pretty. <laughs> yeah, and especially being in Toronto, you think like we moved around. We went to uh, Richmond Hill, and then yeah. we drove it all the way to North York, and around there, we were driving it around. And yeah, the responses were pretty positive. I didn't have any hostile uh, interaction at all. Great. Well, you did a great job as always, Jessica. So thank you for dropping by. But a few short months later, let's just see how this sudden influx of cash and a finger wag at the asylum seekers is playing out in reality at the border. Is this tiny tweak in legislation Fixing the stampede Justin Trudeau's one Welcome to Canada tweet caused in our entire immigration system? True North Center's Candace Malcolm has all the details in a new Toronto Sun article. She writes, in the first six months of 2019, 26,860 people entered Canada illegally or under false pretenses to make asylum claims. That number is higher than the first half of 2018 when Canada received 25,225 claims and the first half of 2017 when 18,445 claims were filed is more than the total number of claims in 2016 at 23,870. Oh, so it's getting even worse, way worse, and the liberal solution of pouring cash on the fire isn't helping the situation? Go figure. And what does this increase in illegal immigration look like in a practical sense? Well, over to Global News for just some of that information. Border agents don't have the resources to deport the growing numbers of those who need to be shown the door right out of our country. Has a single silly amateur virtue signaling tweet by a head of state of any nation in the world done as much damage as Justin Trudeau's infamous Welcome to Canada communique. The end result was entirely predictable. A stampede of illegal immigrants, most of whom are apparently economic migrants as, oppo as opposed to bona fide refugees. This has cost the country hundreds of millions of dollars while reducing the RCMP to the Royal Canadian Bellhop Police 
And despite what you might have been told by our fearless leader, the problem of illegal, oops, I mean irregular immigrants flooding into Canada continues to fester. Joining me now with more on this story is the host of The Gun Show, Sheila Gunn-Reed. Welcome to Rebel Roundup, my friend. Hey, David. Thanks for having me on the show. Hey, Sheila, another great commentary. But I've got to ask you, if we were to believe the Trudeau Liberals, everything is just A-OK and peachy keen at the border these days. Nothing to see here. Move along. Yeah, and I think the budget balanced itself too, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the Liberals made this... Uh, they made a big funding announcement in the last budget. They were going to give $1.2 million, I think over five, $1.2 billion, excuse me, over five years to deal with the border crisis. Then they were going to tweak the legislation just a little so that um, asylum seekers who have applied for asylum in other countries cannot now then apply for asylum in Canada, basically stop asylum shopping. Um, and really it was targeted at those people who had tried to seek asylum in the United States um, and were denied and then were seeking asylum in Canada. Well, that amounts to about 3,000 people over the course of two years. When we're seeing uh, hundreds of thousands of people just strolling across the border, I mean, it addressed a statistical rounding error in the problem. And then they are, you know, they want to pat on the back for doing something good. They've just dumped a bunch of money at a problem and really haven't done anything substantive. And when you talk to the uh, head of the CBSA, the way um, I think it was Mercedes Stevenson did, uh, he said that people are coming to Canada because they don't like Trump's policies, his crackdown on immigration. So the answer to stop these people from coming to Canada is to just be a little more Trumpy in that we need to enforce the existing immigration laws and not entertain people who just strut across the border anywhere they feel like luggage in hands and say, I'm a refugee. Yeah, but, but Sheila, in one sense, can you blame these people? I mean, I'm, I'm not being facetious here. I'm trying to think, at yeah. least in modern history, any world leader that would have tweeted out, um, please come and invade us. So if I'm someone and I'm not being oppressed in the U.S. I mean, my goodness gracious, uh, the United States is one of the greatest democracies in the world, if not the greatest. You know, not, people aren't being rounded up and, uh, and tortured like you see in uh, certain regimes in the world today. If, if I see a world leader in literally inviting me in, I, why wouldn't I take an advantage of that? That's A. B. Here's the thing, Sheila. Even if Trudeau thought, oh, there'll be abusers to this for sure, why was there no contingency plan put in place in terms of beefing up the RCMP and the, uh, the border agency so that the, you know, the con men, you know, the con artists, the flimflam people could have been weeded out of the genuine refugees coming into Canada? I suppose I'll, a I'll answer the second part of your question first, and it's because the Liberals, despite what they might want to temper their um, rhetoric in the media by saying they really are open borders radicals. Yeah. They think that everybody should just be able to waltz into our country and take advantage of our social safety net and all of our services that lawful Canadians pay for. And when I say lawful Canadians, I also mean new immigrants who did things the right way. Um, and, you know, moreover to your point about um, how no one is being oppressed in the United States, in Hong Kong, right now. America is such a beacon of freedom and good governance in the rest of the world that Hong Kong protesters, 
people who are protesting against the Chinese are waving the American flag yep. and singing the American national anthem. It is a symbol of freedom. This rhetoric that people need to be rescued from the United States is it's crazy. It's insane. It's in, an insult to the freedom we as Canadians enjoy because of our close proximity and our good relationship with our very powerful American neighbors. I mean, and Justin Trudeau is taking every opportunity he can to attack conservatives, whether it be Trump or Doug Ford on this issue. I think it was yesterday or the day before um, he announced that he'll be giving back $26 million in refugee legal aid funding that the big, mean conservatives cut under the budget. Well, that's only about half of, of what uh, the Ontario government has already spent on uh, refugee and asylum seeker legal aid. And all of that is the responsibility of the federal government. So he's not even carrying 50% of his load and he wants, again, a, a hero cookie and a Superman sandwich for it. And with regard to the refugee legal aid, these are people that have already broken the law to come into the country. Yep. Now they're potentially going to be deported. Now they are accessing services taxpayers and legal immigrants are funding to fight the government to stay in the country when they couldn't respect the laws and do it right in the first place. It is crazy that this is even something that uh, the Canadian public is entertaining. You know what, uh, Sheila, I, I don't think it's crazy as much as it is evil. Uh, whether it's the Justin Trudeau mm -hmm. liberals in power now or certain Democrats that want to get into uh, power as president in 2020, I think in the bigger picture, this is all about changing the demography, you know, the demographics of our nations. In other words, let in as many illegals from wherever. And the quid pro quo here is always remember which party did this. Let you and your relatives and everybody else in easy peasy. And all we ask is that come election day, you vote for us. I think that's really what's going on here, Sheila. You know, I just saw a story in, I believe it was the CBC, and it was touted as like a good news story. Look at how we are, um, you know, regularizing these refugees and making them part of Canadian society and all that's all fine and dandy. And it was about how four years later, that first wave of Syrian refugees, they're now eligible to vote in this next election. And you know, the story was basically a wink, wink, thumbs up. Remember how you got here um, and remember how easy it was and how generous it was because of Justin Trudeau. And, you know, you're very right that, um, sure, we we should help the world's persecuted. That's absolutely something that we should do. Um, but that I don't think is the motivation for the liberals here. It's importing a, a vote bank. Say, Sheila, did the CBC really use that word, regularizing? <laughs> uh, I've never actually, heard that I, word before. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> funny that uh, I, uh, I've seen that word used from time to time when they are um, trying to, uh, when they talk about people who have fallen out of status. By that, 
uh, they mean becoming illegal because you've stayed longer than your work permit permits you to. And then they say, we've got to find ways to regularize these people. And uh, it doesn't involve Metamucil. Gee. <laughs> oh, gosh, I, I never even <laughs> thought of it from that perspective. But, you know, where I'm ultimately going with this, just, you know, the, the use of language. Uh, it was, of course, Justin that started popularizing a phrase I don't know anyone else using. Um, irregular um, immigrants. Mm -hmm. uh, when, when I go to uh, a department store, I might, you know, want to save a few bucks on some irregular socks. That's how I usually use the word, you know, when something's wrong with the stitching. It's not somebody that has crossed the border illegally. And I want to just uh, very quickly touch upon this, Sheila, and, and, and you uh, referred to it a little earlier on. The apologists of all these hordes coming over are saying they're not criminals. They haven't even stolen as much as a loaf of bread. But if you have entered into a sovereign country illegally under false pretenses, despite an invitation from a prime minister, I'm sorry, you are breaking the law every second you are in the country. And this is why I totally reject um, feel-good, uh, you know, uh, screen words like irregular as opposed to what they really are, illegal. Well, the word irregular disregards the fact that there is an existing Canadian law in place. There is a law that says how to get into the country, and if you don't do it that way, you're breaking the law, and by virtue of breaking the law, you are doing something criminal. You're exhibiting criminal behavior. Um, those are just the facts. Um, but like you say, they point out that, you know, it, it's just irregular because they don't want that sort of negative connotation to asylum seekers. And that's another thing. And I'm guilty of it. Using the word asylum seekers, it's that's really not the case. These are illegal immigrants. These aren't people who are persecuted Christians in Iraq who are, you know, making uh, an asylum claim um, because they're persecuted. These are people who by and large, have landed in the United States. Most of them had decided, you know what? I've got better luck in Canada. I'm not even going to bother with the immigration process in the United States. And I'm just going to wander across the border because some nitwit in fancy socks invited me to. That's what this is all about. They, they broke laws to be in the United States and they continue to break laws to be in Canada. And then going back to the whole legal aid issue, we pay them to fight against us. Incredible. Sheila, we got to wrap it here. And uh, the other ominous thing is that at the end of the day, the off-the-lot price of this virtue signaling is probably going to be in the billions of dollars. Sheila, thank you so much uh, for joining me on this very important topic. Great, David. Thanks. Have a great weekend. You too. And folks, keep it here. More Rebel Roundup to come right after this. David Menzies, Florida, the rebel.media. Now I'm standing in front of a building here in downtown Vancouver that used to be called the Harry Stevens Building. It's a federal government edifice. But just a few days ago, Harry Stevens' name was expunged from this building. Now, Harry Stevens was a conservative member of parliament, a conservative, first elected in 1911. And he gets the blame for turning away the Kamagata Maru ship and uh, its passengers of almost 400 Sikh, Hindu, and Muslims back in 1914. Now, there was already an apology issued for this 
uh, chapter in Canadian history by the Prime Minister way back in 2016. In fact, it was one of Justin's first apologies in his ongoing Apology Palooza tour, in which he's apologized uh, to everyone from natives to gays uh, for incidents that date back decades or even more than a century, and in one case, even before Canada was Canada. Um, funny though that the rebranding didn't take part then. I wonder if that has anything to do with the fact that an election is less than three months away. And why not make this a double apology, get it in the news, and um, reach out to the Liberal base and show them how caring and sensitive and diverse they are. Just when you thought Justin Trudeau was fresh out of groveling apologies and virtue signaling rebranding schemes, along comes this tale of consigning the name of conservative politician Harry Stevens to the scrap heap of obsolescence. And I'm sure there are more apologies to come in the weeks ahead leading up to election day because hey, <laughs> that's just how our Justin rolls. In any event, here's what you had to say about the latest virtue signaling scheme courtesy of our forever teary-eyed Prime Minister. Bad Mojo 420 writes, in about 100 years, there will be another Liberal PM apologizing for Justin Trudeau. Well, bad mojo, although I won't be around to witness such a thing, that's an apology that I'd love to hear. But does it have to be a Liberal Prime Minister doing the apologizing in the year 2119? New Patriot writes, this isn't an apology, it is revenge, spite, and politics. Oh, so you mean to say that this is a Gerald Butts production? I think you might be right about that, New Patriot. Kathy Kratt writes, he should apologize to Canada, especially Alberta, for what he has done. Oh, totally agree, Kathy, but I'm sure by now you've noticed a pattern when it comes to Justin. He apologizes for the actions of others committed a very, very long time ago. He never apologizes for his own odious behavior in the here and now. All Tilt writes, I hope the next government reverses every decision Trudeau made. He is trying to stay relevant and get his own name in history. That is all. Oh, I think Justin is also fishing for some cushy gig at the United Nations too, All Tilt. But if there is indeed regime change come October 21st, and sadly I don't think that that is necessarily a slam dunk. The next government is going to have its hands full for the first part of its mandate, simply implementing damage control initiatives, given the vandalism that's been done to our great dominion in just four short years. Three Cat Steve writes, the far left keeps wanting to rewrite history. Oh, indeed they do. They say history is written by the victors, but it is the progressives who specialize in the whitewashing of history. Well, that wraps up another edition of Rebel Roundup. Thanks so much for joining us. See you next week. And hey, folks, never forget, without risk, there can be no glory. Good night.